I know you're out there. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. A world without rules and controls, without borders or boundaries. A world where anything is possible. Where we go from there is a choice I leave to you. the dots of the Constitution for you like no one else can. The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's an attorney, a disabled U.S. Army veteran, an author, public speaker, mother, pastor's wife, and a patriot. She's Chris Ann Hall. Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com. Liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. So happy to have you with us here today on this beautiful Monday. I am here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. J.C., it is Monday, isn't it? I just, uh, it's hard for me to keep up sometimes. We're traveling so much. We are back in Florida for a few days. We are going to be here in Tampa, Florida, with a wonderful uh, meeting of our church family here at the River Church in Tampa. Great, great uh, ministers and leaders conference this week. Great conference already. Just uh, one session last night and... uh, I, it's it's always good for me to, as we travel and work so much, to have a a spiritual, a deep spiritual connection every now and again. You know, we have the daily spiritual connection, but this deep spiritual connection is 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 renewing to the soul. How are you this morning, JC? Good, fantastic. You seem like you're a little slow on the move this morning. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> good. We were uh, we left Utah and had a great conference there great property rights conference that was a great thing i hope that we can do that again property rights man if there is something that is more important than property rights i'm not quite sure what it is property rights are the one thing that makes america unique property rights are the key to human survival I mean, it's literally linked to, as Samuel Adams said, the first law of nature, the duty of self-preservation. And if Americans actually realize how uh, deeply our property rights are under attack and for how long, uh, I think we could probably clear up a lot of this false political, uh, what what do you call this, uh, division that we see in America today, people united over this this property rights issue. Property is is more than in where you cut your grass. Wouldn't the right to keep and bear arms be kind of a property right? Absolutely. That's why I said it's more than where you keep your grass. Listen to this story uh, out of um, Los Angeles County. Now I realize that this is 
California. But, you know, Florida isn't far as that far behind California with gun laws, if you really think about it. We have our governor who signed those gun, uh, those gun restraining orders into law, which allows a judge without any due process whatsoever to take firearms from a person who's hurt no one and committed no laws just on the suspicion, on an anonymous tip that someone uh, might be uh, unstable or threatening. In Florida, a judge can take a gun, order law enforcement to go in and seize guns from somebody based on an anonymous tip simply because the judge thinks uh, somebody might hurt somebody in the future. And then that person is left to, to actually prove that they are innocent in the court rather than guilty until innocent standard of American due process. Makes me wonder what he might do now in the Senate, right? And, and kind of sad that that's our choices, Bill Nelson or Rick Scott. Yeah, I don't know. Who, who, who apparently have... Similar stances on on the right to keep and bear arms, right? No, hardly any difference between them. You know, I I Not I have a, a hard time thinking that Rick Scott has a stance on anything. Actually, I think that he's that just a puppet. I think he's going to do whatever he's told to do by whomever is put in charge of him. Whoever yeah. his handler is will be Rick Scott's point of view. So you got to make sure that Rick Scott has. A liberty handler. The right which, handler. Yeah, right, which is probably not going to happen. He's going to get an establishment handler, and and he's going to be, you know, whatever the establishment Senate wants him to be. And that's just, for me, that's very, very, what a waste so of we get office. A, so we get another Marco. That's oh, what yeah. you're saying. Basically, we get another Marco. Uh, yeah, absolutely another Marco. I was, uh, I was trying, to, trying to draw the distinctions on whether, you know, what kind of, uh, Marco, Marco actually is, but Marco is an establishment Republican all the way. Yeah, he he was able to fake his way into office as some kind of a, a constitutionalist. Somebody taught him a few founders quotes that he's very he's right. a very great orator. So yeah, good speaker. He's uh, somebody taught him some founders quotes, and he was able to fool some people. Uh, he he fooled me for a short period of time, but once you get in and and roll up your sleeves and start seeing what's going on, you know that's it. It's just really hard to even recognize Marco as as any kind of uh, real constitutionalist or real liberty kind of guy, even though that's what he wanted people to believe in Florida. So we have Los Angeles, and this story comes from our gun owners of America friends. Uh, we have this story in Los Angeles creating a a uh, a law that says any uh, contractor, city contractors, must reveal any ties that they have to the National Rifle Association. I find that very interesting on many aspects. I find that interesting on a uh, freedom of association aspect on a freedom of speech aspect. I feel I, I find that uh, offensive to a lot of uh, principles of liberty. But apparently, with little debate in Los Angeles, the measure passed ten to zero, and the council, Councilman Mitch O'Farrell claimed that the resolution was necessary 
because the gun lobby had been the biggest roadblock to passing gun legislation. So I, I think that it's, it's very, very disconcerting in society today when we have city council members at the local level who can, um, can say, okay, you, you, have to, you have to tell us your associations before you can even do business with us. And I think that this is clearly a, a, uh, an effort to silence the people through uh, government power and government force. And this is something that our, uh, the designers of our constitutional republic were so wholly against. And I know that things are really heating up in the midterms. I realize that we you can't uh, when we're searching the news to see what kind of stories we want to address from a constitutional and principled perspective it's nothing but midterms and just your your regular kind of ordinary drama that you see all the time but it's mostly politically the midterms and I realize that this is a really big deal but look we've got to remember I mean, this, this Los Angeles County story, this Los Angeles city story should be a reminder to us that the more important politics happen at home. And uh, JC and I at that property rights conference were trying to get people to, to understand just how distracted we've become by federal politics. It's ludicrous. And I'm not saying that, well, you know, and I have said this, and I'll just simply repeat it, and I know this chaps some people, but look, if we ignored federal politics for four years, nothing would change. Nothing would get better and nothing would get worse. And if we spent four years of all of our political capital, capital, all our political energy, all our political resources, just digging deep into our local governments and ensuring that our local governments were operating in a constitutional measure, you could make a whole lot more progress on the local level than you ever could on the federal level. I mean, it's, it's just, look, I don't mean to dash anybody's hopes, but at this point in time, it's not happening on the federal level first. It's not. Donald Trump is not going to save America. Now, there's a lot of things that Donald Trump can do. There are a lot of things that Donald Trump is doing. But there's a whole lot more that Congress must do, and they're simply not. Feckless Congress for a very long time doing absolutely nothing the Constitution requires them to do nothing that morality requires them to do, nothing that simple principles of liberty require them to do, doing nothing but covering their own backsides, doing nothing but covering their own reelections and, and, and pasting over the edges just to make sure that every, everything makes them look crisp and clean and without, a, without any kind of real accountability without any real uh, responsibility, shirking it all off on the Supreme Court, shirking it all off on the executive branch, all the while distracting the American people from where their real power rests. And that's in your counties. 
That's in your cities. That's in your sheriff. Now, if Los Angeles, uh, JC, do you know what county Los Angeles is? Is it Los Angeles County? There's several counties in Los Angeles. Okay. So if, if these counties in Los Angeles actually have a real life sheriff, I'm not talking about some paper cutout that that holds a badge, but a real life sheriff. That real life sheriff will stand up to the LA City Council and say, you know what? You can do what you want, but I'm not going to enforce this law for you. I'm not going to make these people uh, show their their NRA membership cards. And if you try to do anything to legally against these people, then I'm not going to do anything to uh, support that. The problem is what we're talking about here is bidding for city contracts. And we're using taxpayer dollars in, in Los Angeles County as a, 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 a rope to tie these people into submission. You know, I think, JC, if there's one thing that confuses the American people, it has to do with spending public funds. And I think that's something that we have lost attachment with because we no longer refer to tax dollars as public funds. We refer to tax dollars as city revenue, county revenue, federal revenue, as if it's government property. And I think that's, that's where people have lost their attachment with what tax dollars really are. Tax dollars are not government property. They're still your property. Tax dollars are still your property in the trust of those you've elected to represent you in government. That's what tax dollars are. And if we realized that tax dollars were still our property, I think perhaps spending would be a whole lot different on many, many levels. Not only that, the government's authority to to stranglehold over money would have a whole new perspective in the eyes of the American people if we realized that these tax dollars never ceased being our property. You know, as an historian, I always think in terms of historical examples. And uh, I have an article on the website, chrisannhall.com, called Brother, Can You Spare a Dime? And it's sort of a historical survey of this idea that the federal government can use tax dollars to spend on whatever they want. And there was a moment in history in 1831 when uh, Congress attempted to reconstruct its powers through the artifice of charity. And 
this particular moment in history was about supplying wood for the poor people of Georgetown. Now, the mayor of Georgetown sent a letter to the House of Representatives asking for relief of the poor of that city and soliciting the House of Representatives to grant a donation of some wood in the vaults of the Capitol for their use. Now, this sparked what, what is now a forgotten but a very relevant debate for today. Now, the first one to speak up in this debate was Congressman James Polk. Now, those of you who know history, maybe memorized your presidents, you'll know that James Polk would become the 11th president of the United States. But he started off as a Democrat representative in the House of Representatives from the state of Tennessee. Believe this, a Democrat was standing against uh, government expanding its power in the name of welfare. I just, you know, simply, can you imagine that, JC? That's just simply stunning. So in a showing of moral character, James Polk and his commitment to the Constitution, Polk actually said that it would be you it would be viewed as being ungracious to oppose this resolution he recognized. But he said he would have to oppose the resolution of the House as the precedent of appropriating, now this is his quote, the precedent of appropriating the public funds for such a purpose was a bad one. He said that if they allowed this seemingly small act of charity, then, quote, every winter when the snow fell or the Potomac was frozen, applications would be made to Congress and members would be engaged in the dignified object of buying and stowing wood to give to the poor District of Columbia. Polk, see, he opposed this spending on principle. He said, quote, the House had not the power to make the donation requested. And this is the quote that I want us to get at because this is something that we have lost attachment with. He says, quote, representatives came to legislate on the great concerns of the nation, not to give away the public property. You see, the House has no right to give away public money for any purpose. And James Blair, congressman from South Carolina, jumps on board and, and makes that point as well. And I believe that our representatives on every single level could learn lessons from this period of history in 1830. Number one, money collected from the people is not revenue, but public property. It is a property of the people that those elected have simply become entrusted with to use for their proper purposes not for their political purposes. And from every direction we cry revolution standing together and without permission soldiers for truth in the war of attrition the love of our country as I The Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist.
So now that I've laid that foundation, welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Show. I'm Chris Ann Hall, and I'm here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. And now that I've laid that foundation, I have to talk about something, J.C., that's going to once again make some people angry. All right. What's that? Because we've got to talk about this principle of public funds. So what we have now uh, in Houston, we have a public library, which is made by public funds, okay? And this public library allows people to come in and use the public facilities to have meetings. You know, we've had meetings in libraries before. And in this particular circumstance, we have uh, in Houston a group of people that are having what they call Drag Queen Story Hour. Yeah, that's been going on a little bit. Yeah. So we have Drag Queen Story Hour at the Houston Public Library. And now there's a lawsuit where a group of people are trying to sue the public library to keep Drag Queen Story Hour out of the public library. Now, here's the problem, and I, and, I, and I just have to be very clear about this. If drag queens pay taxes, then they have to have access to taxpayer property. Right. And that's the bottom line. This is not about whether drag queen story hour is, a, is appropriate for your child. That is something that the parents must decide. If your child is in the library and you don't want them to participate in Drag Queen Story Hour, then you don't have to have them participate in Drag Queen Story Hour. Be a parent for Pete's sakes. Yeah, I wonder how well that was noticed to the parents. Well, if your child is in the library without the parents, that's not the library's responsibility. Yeah, no, but I mean... I know they have programs yeah. like that, and parent and pe- parents drop their kids. You know, okay, story time. Going there, there to story time, and then you spring something like that. Then I could see that being a problem. I'm not saying level of lawsuit. I'm I'm just talking about as far as how some of these things happen and and how they create these controversies where yeah. you you spring something like that on the parents uh, without any kind of notice. And and it, and they do that on purpose, right? right. This is a situation where they probably would on purpose not notice the, you know, let the parents know because they want to indoctrinate the children right. and they don't want to miss that chance. And so I could see a kind of controversy and why people would be so ticked off. Now, obviously, what you said is correct, but I'm saying I could see this is the kind of stuff that gets stirred up. Yeah, but doesn't this actually reinforce the understanding that parents have to be responsible for their own children? Most definitely. Don't just drop your child off at a library. We live in a in a very precocious situation with pretentious, if it will. So yeah, and I think the other thing to understand is, um, you need to understand that's the approach out there. You you have this. That's right. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you have this army that they want to indoctrinate your children contrary to what what your beliefs are, you know, by any means necessary. Mm -hmm. So you better have your radar up and and be aware. And so you can't take for granted anymore that stuff like this is not going to happen, you know, without them letting you know. They're going to not let you know 
on purpose. And so you better pay attention. You better you better start being a parent and and don't just, you know, let your kids run out there and do whatever and think it's okay uh because it's not it's not okay. And this is happening in the schools. This is what and, the, and these kind of things are happening in the schools. The parents are being not noticed on this issue or they're being told they have to opt out, not not opt in. Right. And I believe that this is the product of generations of parents turning over their children to the trust of government, this kind of apathy towards education of our children has bred a complacency. And and what happens then is that you just, you entrust your child to a public entity that has never, and I'll say this again, has never deserved a modicum of trust from the public realm. And you you know what makes what comes to my mind was that uh, library we went to in St. Louis. There's a mm. Christian, private Christian lending library. They had everything right. any other public library would have supported by uh, the community, supported or, or privately supported by the community, supported by churches, different things. Um, yeah. where, you, where you can put rules and you can right. keep that kind of stuff out of there. No problem. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, JC, because I can just in I can just hear the argument. Well, Chrisanne, where are we gonna send you know, these things are are our, our tax dollars too, and where else are we gonna send our children? Where else are we gonna have access to books like this? Well, you just told us where we have access. Yeah, but it's the, the private market. There's no reason right. why people can't start their own private library. Then you can place rules on there. Yeah. Let let the drag stream the, the drag queen story hour happened at the tax paid uh, public library and put your children uh, if you want to leave your children in a library for story hour and not be worried find a library or build a library that matches your ideological concerns so taxpayer dollars here's the thing the 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 um, lawsuit claims that that we must block this from the public libraries because uh, it is an inappropriate message for our children. You got to be careful about the sword that you put in the hand of government because these people who are in power are the same ones who want to say that messages in the Bible are inappropriate for children to hear. True. And these are these are are alleged group of quote unquote Christians who are bringing this lawsuit, asking the government to deem a message to be inappropriate yeah. for children. You see why? Here's why I think this is a real problem because I think some of these things are traps. Sometimes, for the very reason you're talking about, I think these are traps. They do this stuff. They get a reaction, and then you get some sort of opinion or some precedent along that lines. Well, yeah. then you start applying that broadly. And just like you're saying, now you've turned that against Christianity itself. So I think a lot of these things are traps. Absolutely. I And, and sometimes, well, you know, the, there are people, because we don't teach the principles of liberty anymore, anymore and we have a lot of, uh, we have, a handful of activist churches who go out with with good intent but with bad knowledge and bad understanding. 
and uh, this idea still, and this stems also still we see from people in churches who believe that government ought to be able to dictate religion, right? So our and counties go- should be able to dictate you have to be a Christian or and, something like and that. And government is the answer, right? right. Because yeah, there we're going to go to court, we're going to sue. There's not a look for what is an alternative solution. Uh, it's it's kind of, I don't know, it's a, it's a, it's a minefield. And we get drawn into it. Well, and it's, once again, it's, I was sitting next to a friend in church, and we were talking about this stuff, and I leaned over to you, to her. We were talking about how churches have lost their way and how pastors don't preach truth anymore. We, the Bible has left the church. And, and I reached, and I, and I leaned over and whispered to her. I said, yeah, because Christians believe that the Bible says, seek ye first the government and its benefits and all these things will be added unto you. Where's the first place that Christians go now? Uh, you know, as an, as a whole, in general aspect, we go to government. So we need a tax break. So we have government approving marriage. We need a tax break. So we have government, uh, uh, licensing our children we need government to provide us with education so we send our children to government schools never once looking at the fact that as christians we are instructed to provide these things not by government but by faith and that god will provide these things for us and here's the thing uh, this is actually uh, one of the plaintiffs, JC, is a homeschooler that the parents said they couldn't use the library during story time. Now, we're talking about two realms of society that ought to be the most aware of the necessity of private industry, the necessity of not having government in their, in their education and in their religion, completely missing the point that look that that drag queen who's paying taxes has just as much right to be in the library as you do and not only that so maybe there are parents that pay taxes that want their children to learn about these things want their children to be have stories read to them by a drag queen then these these parents who are paying their taxes need to have that same access because I can remember you know JC we've had to battle with libraries letting us in we have had libraries go through extreme measures to keep us out of the libraries from teaching the Constitution in their library so make no mistake this is not an issue that needs to be handled by the government. This is not something the government needs to choose or not choose. Government can't tell you what message is appropriate and what message is not appropriate using your public funds. You cannot put government in the message promotion denial business because guess what? It's coming after you. By the way, it's already coming after you. And as JC said, this is a trap. They're building up a situation where you have uh, the government in charge of of determining what's appropriate message and what's not appropriate message. And then guess what? You, the Christian, are silenced. You, the constitutionalist, are silenced. Hey, we're coming up on a break, but I wanted to ask JC about something because I know 
um, you know, we, we, we still watch football because it's a sport, not because it's a political event. But I wanted to know, JC, did you see what happened uh, on, on the uh, Panthers-Eagles game? Yeah, the dust-up between Eric Reed and Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it, it, yeah Wait, oh, well, hold that for just I one did. second. We're going to talk about that when we come back after the break. Chris Ann Hall Show. She's Liberty's lobbyist. Welcome back to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal, our last segment of the Chris Ann Hall Show. Chris Ann Hall here with my husband and co-host, J.C. Hall. Hey, I want you to remember to keep praying for the people in Panama City. This destruction is not going away quickly, and we are going to have to come together. Remember, uh, Global Impact Ministries International, the group that we're associated with, is, is trying to rebuild a, a boys' home there in Panama City. We need your help. And if, you're, if you want to help us, we're hoping you want to help us, please go to GIMI.world, GIMI.world, and help us today. We shouldn't be relying on FEMA. This is not a government issue. This is a, an issue of the people in charity. Don't support government-forced charity by relying on government-forced charity. Become an opponent by supporting charity on an individual level. That's G-I-M-I dot world. So you saw this, JC, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it was it as big as a hoopla as the media is making it? I mean, was it a big scene? Because I, I didn't watch that game. Yeah, it was. It was they, they got into it. I mean, before anything even started, right? At the yeah, beginning, was it the coin toss? Uh, the were, coin, to yeah, coin toss. I think it was even coin before toss. that. They were yeah. in, each other, in each other's faces, and they said some harsh words for each other. But the whole thing revealed how the Kaepernick, the Kaepernick thing, which I said from the beginning, what was a gimmick. It was a fraud, right? Right. So it's not that it's not that you know there aren't instances of police brutality, and they're there are bad cops out there. There mm -hmm. are bad cops out there. Right. It's a small percentage that right. makes makes most of the, you know, ninety nine percent that are good cops look look bad. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I just saw a story this morning when I was searching through the news about uh, some Florida police officers uh, punching on a fourteen year old girl. Oh. oh, did you see the one about the airbag? Uh uh. Like, no, so so this they're trying to arrest a fourteen year old girl on the mall. And you see this police officer repeatedly punching this 14-year-old girl in the side. Yeah, so and things, they try to justify that. So things like that happen, right? How does kneeling stop that? Okay, what, what black American has been made safe because somebody's kneeling? Mm -hmm. Give me a break. So this Kaepernick thing is complete nonsense. It's, it does nothing. It's done nothing but give him a big shoe contract, right? So and, now in this case, cause division, right? Cause division, right? You wearing you wearing pig socks. What? What? How? How many Black Americans are made safe by your cop pig socks? Right? Total garbage. Total garbage. And this is not about the flag for me. Okay, I care less about that part of it. If that's what you're upset about, fine. What I'm talking about, the guy is illegitimate. 
Mm-hmm. It's, it's total nonsense. Mm-hmm. What he's doing, even if he was, even if he is sincere about being concerned about some issue he believes in, what he's doing does nothing, nothing but cause division. Okay, so here's the thing: mm-hmm. Malcolm Jenkins takes this same issue and he makes some uh, organization, a community organization, right? That's that's going to work in this this realm of police brutality yeah, whatever. see that was my thought why isn't Kaepernick meeting with police officers and trying to organize education and say look these are the ways we need to do these things okay. meet with them okay. right but get this about the thing right so what why Malcolm Jenkins makes this thing the same kind of same cause quote unquote uh-huh. that Kaepernick is about Jenkins makes an organization do something about it right so it's like you would think you're concerned about this here's somebody making an organization to fight it you would be like, man, that's fantastic, great. And, and you would point people go, hey, now we have this organization that's going to do it. Malcolm Jenkins has done this over in this community, and he's fighting it over here. It's a great model, whatever. No, they get mad. Now Eric Reed is mad because he says, you're trying to steal the movement just to, oh just to build your organization. When you know Cap founded this movement. So, so, they're so fight, it's they're about fighting, personality. Right, so they're fighting about who is the originator of the movement. So, so these guys are full of baloney. They, they're they're such frauds. So this revealed this revealed Kaepernick and these guys to be the frauds that they are. And yeah, it's and Kaepernick got, got in and tweeted back at and supporting oh, Reed yeah, and yeah, not supporting Malcolm Jenkins. Yeah, because he's the hero. Who's actually actually trying to do something, right? I don't know what I I can't speak to specifically right. what his organization does or what he's allegedly doing. Okay, what I know is he made an organization, you know, got it funded for the same reason. If he's supposedly doing the same thing, why are you mad? Oh, you're mad because you're not, you're, you don't have the spotlight anymore. Give me a break. So that tells you they're frauds. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's show, and we will be back again tomorrow. God bless. Let me know.